Welcome to another Chain Crew Podcast. We are the voice of California youth football, powered by Light Helmets, the world's lightest Virginia Tech five-star rated football helmet available for purchase now. All you have to do is visit our website, C-A-Y-F-A, and receive your Alliance discount when you make your purchase of your brand new Light Helmet. Welcome aboard, everybody. Steve Famiano, along with Joe Rafter and Ron White. Guys, what is happening? Woohoo! It's great to be here, man. Sure, great it to is. be here, Joe. Where where have you been, Joe? <laughs> where hasn't Joe been? <laughs> exactly. Right? It's, been, it's been a busy. It's been a busy summer. A little bit of family vacation, a little traveling for my son's uh, football uh, camps, and uh, so it's been uh, it's been a little busy. We got to have one story about Japan because you guys were in Japan for about a week or so. So we we got to hear something for those of us who haven't been to Japan. We got to hear what the experience is like in Japan, or may yeah. never go to Japan, <laughs> or may never go. Well, that's yeah. yeah. Actually, never make it to Japan. But I'm glad you made it back in one piece because uh, I was holding out to make sure you got um, home safely. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm, so yeah, we we spent uh, a little uh, about a week in Tokyo. Uh, my wife and my three sons. It is it is a remarkable a remarkable city, an incredible country. Just a tremendous amount of pride in that country in that culture. Um, the people take a ton of pride in in everything that is Japanese. There's so many different experiences. I mean, we if you want to put your marriage, your relationship with your significant other to a test, go into the Japanese subway and figure that stuff out together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, wow. it, it it was unbelievable. I mean, my wife and I were like, where are we going? Who what we're going this way? No, we're going that way. It was it's a great test of a uh, of a marital relationship. Um, we had a great time, uh, but honestly, man, it was you know the Japanese subway. I don't know if you guys have ever have you ever seen any YouTube's on the Japanese subway? Sure, where they got the guys with the white gloves that push people into the cars. Absolutely. So I turned to my family. We were coming home from a trip to Mount Fuji, a bus trip, and I said, "You guys want to take the subway?" And my wife's like, yeah, sure. And I, sh- I said, are you sure? Like, have you ever, have you heard about the Tokyo subway? She's like, no, what? I showed her the video. She looked at me like, is that, are you serious? I go, yeah, that's, that's, it gets really crowded that, that way. And so they push people in. And so she said, yeah, let's give it a shot. So we went down and, and we figured it out. It was without its trials and tribulations, right? It was some, no, uh, but the question is, Joe, did they push you in? <laughs> no. But Joe, you're you're like seven feet tall, Ron. You sure was comforting that you were not getting lost in the subway system. You had to be able to see over everybody. Ron, you were going right where I was going with that because we know <laughs> typically the Japanese people are about five feet tall, just about where I'm at, and Joe is very very tall. So were the subways normal size, Joe? You had no uh, issues getting inside it. The, the stairwells, the subways, everything was normal sized. <laughs> 
um, we got in, we, it, it was, it was crowded, but they never had to push us in. Um, so that was one fun experience. And the second one that's worth highlighting is we went to a sumo wrestling exhibition. Mm, now you're talking. So they, had, so they had two retired sumo wrestlers that went in this like eight by eight square with these picnic tables around it. And they did it like, like an exhibition. They showed us all the training and the disciplines and the drills that they do. And they wrestled against each other for a little bit. It was, they served a soup. After they wrestled, they, the sumo guys, they brought out this bowl. I'm talking this pot of soup. It was as big, Steve, as any, as any sauce or pasta pot that I guarantee you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> right. They bring this out and they service the soup. Um, and then they, then they asked people if, if anybody wanted to wrestle them. Now these guys were, these guys were 320 pounds easy. Wow. Right. They were retired, but these were, and they were full sumo gear, man. You know, the thong thing up the back with the big belt, <laughs> the loincloth. It was, it was it's like in the third story of this building with no, no windows and they're wrestling and they're, you know, going at it. And, uh, they asked for volunteers. And so have you guys ever seen those, like not the puffy plastic suits, but like the, the costumes that are like sumo costumes sure. that like zip up the back or whatever. Sure, and it looks like a sumo wrestler. Yeah. They put you and in it, that. They didn't put me in that. I, I, <laughs> I didn't volunteer to get in that thing. <laughs> I wasn't going there, man, but they must've had, they must've had, you know, a dozen or more people volunteer to wrestle these guys. Wow. Honestly, for Americans, I, I think it's a tremendous experience for Americans to get outside the country and, and, and be in a different country and look into the country from, from another perspective, right? And that's, that's why we went, because I, I wanted to give my kids like this experience that is, I mean, you're in Japan, nothing is familiar, nothing. Like there's, there's some brands that you'll see in Japan that are what you see here, but it's so different that it forces you into a, like, it forces you to think differently. And I, I just think, you know, I love being American, got a lot of pride in that, but it's just great to kind of, you know, look at our country from the outside through, you know, a different, a different lens. You know, and speaking about our country and, you know, that's where we're here to talk football, you know, football is picking up some steam in Japan. Is it not? Did you, did, while you were there, Joe, did you look into uh, tackle football in Japan? So I, I didn't. Um, I will tell you this. Years ago, my second job out of college, um, I worked for a consulting company, uh, a very large consulting company. And uh, there was a guy I worked with who played semi-pro football in Japan. So they have American football there. It's kind of a, like a like – a, it's not – I don't think it's quite at the Canadian Football League level, so to speak. It's probably a third-tier kind of competition. But they have a league there. I don't know if it's still there, but they, you know, they had one. What was that? Maybe twenty-five years ago. Yeah, I, think I don't know if you remember, but there used to be the Japan Bowl, that was a, a college football game that that would be played there in Japan with American college football players. I don't know if it's still around, but it was a pretty big event. So certainly, there's some roots there. So, Ron, uh, any updates from you? Anything exciting happening? No, no travels or anything to uh, a foreign country. No, but I, I'm going to reconsider this whole Japan situation. When you were there, Joe, did you happen to to find out what the sumo wrestlers' rate of pay 
would be <laughs> because I'm, 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 I'm mildly interested now and I'm, I'm thinking about the next stage and really I can't think of anything other than maybe getting some soup after wrestling. That's about <laughs> so, as exciting as I can say for you. Right so now. I can't tell you what the pay rate is, but I will just, there's, there's only one question you have to answer to really consider a sumo career. Are you prepared to wear that belt? Uh, I want you to know that I have that belt now and I wear it on, on, you know, on my spare time. So why not get some soup for wearing it? That's my thinking. That's something I don't think I can unsee. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nice image, right? It's fun for the whole family. That's really good. I, n- I never expected about eight minutes into this podcast to hear Ron White say that he has a sumo <laughs> belt a and he wears it. Belt. Where you wear you. it, I don't know where you wear it, and I really don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know, but that can you think of a better sound bite than that? So hold on to that, sir. Does it have a star on it? <laughs> it has multiple stars, sir. Oh, oh my good. gosh, that's that is stuff. that Thanks is for great. Thanks that story, Joe. That's that's outstanding. <laughs> that was that was beautiful. And um, not only have you been to japan over the past few weeks joe you were traveling uh i think it was last week you were headed to philadelphia and uh i think that's what's going to lead us into our discussion today which is the california youth football act and kind of get us started on that and in your travels and and kind of lead us into what's happened to the california youth, youth football act ab1 and how we got to where we are now with the bill right on so yeah so uh uh, June 26th, the uh, bill was heard in the Senate, uh, Senate Health Committee. Uh, you guys were there. It was great being together. Um, you know, we got that video available. We've put it out there. Um, you can see the testimony off the uh, the Senate Health uh, Committee website if you want. But it passed there nine to zero. Uh, we were uh, blessed to have Dr. Aaron Reynolds, uh, a neuropsychologist uh, out of uh, Frisco, Texas. Um, uh, a member of our medical advisor advisory committee join us. She was there to testify as well, along with uh, Amy McIntyre, who's a uh, a football mom here in, in California, speaking to the value that football has played in her son's life and her her family's life. So that was June 26. It moved to the Senate floor. It was uh, heard. Uh, it was it was actually moved into. This is an interesting point. It was uh, according to the Senate. I guess it's the Senate Rules Committee. They decided since the bill was, I'm going to use a football reference here, unscored upon, it was a shutout from a defensive perspective. Uh, we, we finished the process leading into the Senate floor with no, no votes. Not one person, not one politician voted against our bill. And that includes the 10 co-authors of the bill to ban youth tackle football last year, AB 2108. So we went into the Senate floor with no, no votes. Um, that was Thursday last week. So I guess that was, was that uh, July 11th? Uh, pretty sure that was uh, the date. I was, uh, yes, yeah, so I was flying back to Philadelphia. I was taking my son to a, uh, my older son to a football clinic there, uh, a college clinic. And, uh, I'm, the plane was delayed over and over and over. That was another story, man. I actually ended up flying into Dallas and driving up to Philly. And it was, thank you, American Airlines, for that experience. Uh, so I'm sitting on the plane and I got a text from Cooper's office, Assembly Member Cooper's office, that, you know, quote, we won 39 to zero. Um, very significant. 
And, 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 you know, what happened was we got added into the consent file. So when we left the Senate health committee, the Senate rules committee decided that for those bills, there's this thing called a consent file or a consent calendar. And that basically means for those bills that are really uncontested, unopposed, have, you know, very strong support like we did with no, no votes, they add all those bills into what's called a consent file or a consent calendar so that they can approve multiple bills at the same time. And it's a way of expediting the processes up in Sacramento for, you know, keeping things as simple as possible so that they can approve multiple bills at the same time. And that's what happened to our bill. So we were in the consent file. That consent file was heard on Thursday, July 11th. I guess I got the text. I was delayed to like, I don't know, 1030 in my flight out of uh, San Fran. And I got the text right around like, I want to say 1020. And uh, I, I, you know, there's a longer funny story here, but um, just to touch on it, I'm sitting there and, uh, and I, as you guys know about me, I get a bit overwhelmed. And I have, I have an emotional moment sitting in this plane. I'm on one of these like, large, I don't, I don't know, it was a Boeing 737. So it was two seats, then three seats, then two seats. And I'm in the middle, middle aisle. And sitting to the left of me is a pilot, is a, uh, an American Airlines pilot. Great guy, um, Jeff Cargill. Uh, we became fast friends. I actually ended up driving the guy up to Philly. <laughs> he, we shared a car ride from Dulles up to Philly. So, uh, he had, I had my, my uh, Alliance shirt on. And so we were talking before the car, before the plane took off. And he said, so you, you were involved with football. And I tell him the whole story of the Alliance and the band and the Broncos, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, I, I, I get this nod and I text a bunch of people, uh, including you guys. And then I had this moment and I'm crying, sitting in this seat. And he's like, because we had had a conversation, he's, he's aware of me sitting there and kind of like, you know, what I'm doing. He, and he, he turns to me, he goes, are you, are you crying? And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, this is a, this is like, this has been a year and a half of our work. And, you know, some, somebody was trying to take this sport away from us. And now we've completely turned that around. He said, that, and, and, and here's a guy, Air Force Academy, from Seattle, grew up in Tacoma, serviceman. Thank you, Jeff, for your uh, service, by the way, and, and, and to all those service men and women in green and or blue, domestic as well as overseas. Thank you very much for your service. We in the California Youth Football Alliance deeply appreciate and respect everything that you do. And, uh, you know, he says to me that, he said, that's really awesome. Congratulations. That's, you know, I can tell that's important to you. So, um, it was a it was a really cool experience. Um, you know, we we still got some more work to do, but um, I was on my way to Philly, and I managed I'll wrap this my debrief up with I managed to pick up a cheesesteak. <laughs> what, what a way to top it, right? I mean, cheesesteak on top of all of that, Joe. It was it was cheesesteak in Center City, Philadelphia. It was fantastic. I I don't know if I was traveling to Philly. And I got the good news about the bill passing the Senate. I probably would have celebrated with a cheesecake too. Not <laughs> wait, did I say cheesecake? No, yeah, cheesecake. Cheesesteak. Cheesesteak. Cheese not cheesecake. Cheesecake. Well, either one. We'll go with either one. So, yeah, Ron, um, you know it's funny. I, I'll just I'll give you my quick my my quick version of this because 
they, look, you know, you probably somebody probably heard that term before. There's no crying in football, right? We, you know, there's no crying in football. I think all three of us have that emotional side because I got a little choked up too, J- just because. For me, from where we started in February 2018, when I first read the KTLA news story that the two legislators were trying to ban youth football last year, we didn't know each other then. We didn't know a lot of people that we know now because of this experience. Just from from that day in early February for me to where we are today, with the California Youth Football Alliance and the hard work that we have put into making this happen, not for us, because we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for the sport, the families, and the players in the state of California that value the sport of youth football. And for me, just it was just a culmination. Um, you know, the bill still is not technically law yet. It still has to go to Governor Newsom's desk here in the next week or two for a signature. Um, which I hope he does sign. But that that day, it was it was it was an emotional day because we've had a lot of highs and lows in this journey. This has been an emotional roller coaster, and maybe one day we'll be able to tell that story a little bit deeper for those who have been following what we're doing, and they can kind of see just just how much of an emotional roller coaster it's been. And I, when I say emotional roller coaster, I don't mean in a negative way. I just mean it's been. It's been just an incredible journey. So seeing that bill, you know, go through the assembly 68 to nothing. And then that day on July 11th, the Senate passing it 39 to zero was just, uh, and it was just amazing. Just absolutely amazing to me. And Ron, you probably, uh, you probably have the same sentiments. Uh, you know, uh, I'm actually getting a little emotional now. Um, you know, what's one of the, one of the great things about the Alliance and this show is that even though we're very similar in our approach, you know, we live different lives. We have different experiences. When this hit, I'm in the middle of fitting a hundred kids. So I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm where I've been for three decades and I'm watching my phone. I'm seeing this go down. I'm, I'm fitting with one hand, talking to a kid with another. And when it hit, it just, like a wave of emotion that just came over me and the, the, the kid in front of me is about 10 years old. I just stopped and I hugged him and he asked me, why are you, why are you hugging me? And I said, because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I gave him a high five and I kept working and I kept doing the things. But in that moment, I thought how fitting I'm not in Sacramento because Lord knows I've been there every other week for the last <laughs> six months with, with my compadre Joe or, or on the phone with Steve. But uh, um, I felt really blessed that of all the places on God's green earth that I could be at that moment, I was at the most important with kids, high-fiving, hugging them, and sharing with them what just happened. Um, and it was a, a, an experience that I simply could never replace. I always tell you guys this. Th- that's, that's the part of this that is most enjoyable to me is being out there with the kids and, you know, doing the fist pump and, and, and pumping them up and, and, and just making them feel good about themselves. And, and sometimes, you know, maybe down the road, we can start, you know, talking more about that. I mean, right now we're in the heat of all of this with the bill and everything else going on and, and, and trying to build the alliance. But that, that what you just said, Ron, was number one uh, of the number one reason why we're all here. 
is those kids, letting them have the opportunity to play this sport that that we all love, and hopefully they grow fond of and 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 you know grow to love it also, and then ultimately down the road become just like us, become grown men and continue you know continue that in their communities and wherever else they go in life. So here's how I see this, guys. You know, like a rope is made up of multiple strands. And for me, you know, the three of us, we have a shared rope now. The three of our of our strands of rope as, you know, men of football in the state of California, they're, they're now tied together in perpetuity for the work that we've done. You know, to the point that was made earlier, you know, we're going to allow our generation, because we're all the same generation, to pass a better game off to future generations in California. And, and that's, our, that's our, like right now, that's the best way I can think of describing our shared legacy with the three of us on, on this podcast. And, and there's other people who, who've had, you know, roles along the way, but you know, that, that's what we're building and, and leaving behind. And, and I share that because the same is true for every league and every association or chapter and every head coach and, you know, and, and head coach with his, you know, coaching staff heading into this season that's starting for some folks now, some folks in a couple weeks, but, you know, we're in liftoff, we're in launch season for you tackle football here in California. And I think, you know, I would, if I could speak to all those leagues and coaches and associations, I would, you know, look at you at your league of pre- and pres of presidents look at your association with coaches and look at your coat your team with your coaching staff think about the legacy and the history the experience that you're going to create for these kids and these parents in the next 4 months you know the chances of them remembering any random game or practice really really low but they will remember how you made them feel forever particularly if it's great or particularly if it's really, really bad, that that legacy of what we leave behind, uh, you know, particularly for our generation, is something that you know I would. Uh, some of the comments that you and Ron made kind of inspired me here to just bring this metaphor in place, so we can think about that as we go into the 2019 season. Yeah, you know, Joe, I appreciate I appreciate that very much. And one thing I'd like to add to what you just said because I think it's pretty profound is you're not going to remember that moment in time the game, the practice, but that's true of the other side. Um, Not just making them feel that way, but how they've made us feel. I've taken more from this game than I could ever give back. And I keep trying every day. So I appreciate you touching on that because that's important on the other end as well. Whoever listens to this podcast is going to get a little taste of uh, some of the emotion that we've uh, felt during this journey, this, this very short journey so far. Some might take it as as a downer, but it's not a downer. It's 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 just us just feeling the emotion of what we're doing for this sport here in California, and ultimately, um, hopefully across the the United States, and 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 building this sport up again, and and stop having it be torn down. On that note, I'm feeling it right now. For all the football coaches that are out there, whether you're in California or not, youth, high school, whatever level you're coaching. But if you're listening to this, I'm sick and tired, sick and tired of others taking shots at our sport and of our, our profession. And it's time for us to be proud, more, more proud than we've ever been in the work that we do, particularly the volunteers in creating 
this environment where these young men and women get to play football, get to cheerlead, boy or girl across any sport, I don't care. This sport is an important part of the fabric of our society, and we should be really, really proud of who we are and what we do. And I, I got a call to action for us as the Alliance. It is time that we're going to restore the pride in the football coaches at the youth level in the state of California, because too many people are taking too many shots and they're, it's, it's, they're taking shots from an uninformed perspective. They're reading headlines in newspapers or Twitter, and they're taking cheap shots. I go to cocktail parties. I go to, you know, parent events and people shame the football community. And I got parents in my association who were shamed by other parents because because they, they look at them and, and they and they and they say, you let your son or daughter play football. What's wrong with you? And that, that is it. That is a highly uninformed perspective. And I'm sick and tired, sick and tired of not being proud. There is no better sport to, to contribute to the, the growth of young men and women than tackle football, particularly at the youth level. And this is the age of the alliance now. And the AB1 is going forward. It's going to become law in 2021. The governor is going to sign it, and it's going to raise the standard in California first, and then it's going to move across the country. And it's going to raise the standard in every other state because our kids deserve it. They deserve the benefit of this sport. And I'm damn proud to call myself a football administrator, to call myself a football coach, and to be a co-founder and to lead this California Youth Football Alliance. And, and who I want to know who's with me. Going forward, I know I got you two, and I know there's a bunch of other coaches out there that are going to listen, but who's with us going forward? Because it's time to stand up and be proud for what we do as volunteer youth football coaches. Very passionate, Joe. Thanks for that. And I want to add one thing. You said you wanted to be proud of being coaches and administrators. Just so you know, and you guys are going to crack up when I say this, I'm proud to serve those pancakes at that pancake breakfast fundraiser, too. <laughs> You've been banging <laughs> the pancake bandwagon, if you will, for months. Well, We're going to get that done, sir. But, but, but it's true because adding on to what Joe is saying here, we're not just coaches. I mean, honestly, guys, we're not just out here running X's and O's, and, and that's not what we do here in, in youth football. Now, it might be that way at the NFL and NCAA level and even high school, but Youth football is so different in that aspect. We're more than just coaches. You know, we're connected to our communities, and that is so important. We're connected by doing those pancake breakfast fundraisers and, and whatever else we do and driving kids to games and going, uh, going to their houses, inviting them over to your house to go for a pool party, taking them places, do, doing things with them, maybe even helping them with their homework. You know how many times I've done that in 18 years? You've had a kid sit on the sideline because his mom came to you and said, hey, you know what? He's really messing up in school. I'm going to pull him from football. No, you're not. You're not going to pull him from football. You're going to sit him right here on the sideline at practice. And guess what? He's going to do his homework here. And we're going to help him succeed. You're right, Joe. Now you got me fired up. It's, yeah, more, it's more than just playing football and, and kids hitting kids. It's way more than that. And you're right. You're 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 100 correct. And, and anyone who doesn't anyone anyone who doesn't see that doesn't they don't know what they're talking about. They don't. You're right. They don't. They that they 
and, and, and they're operating from a place of ignorance. And, and that's on them. It, it is but, on them, Joe. And they're looking from the outside in. They really are. Um, and what Steve said about it, it being the connection to the community, I'll sum it up for me with this. Tackle football is uniquely American. It is ours. It's our culture. We are a culture of problem solvers. AB1 represents what a few folks can do when they, when they put their minds and hearts together and represent the masses in California. That's what separates us from others and also brings others together. I want to say this again. Tackle football American and as problem solvers, it's just as American. We don't run away from the burning house, we run into it. And that in the bill is reminiscent of that. And I never want to lose the passion that's on this call today because it's it's critical and it's what drives what we're doing in the state of California. We got just a few minutes left of uh, this uh, Chain Crew podcast, guys. Um, we probably could have started off with this. I don't think there's enough we can do to thank Assemblyman Jim Cooper without him stepping up and saying, hey, let's you do know, this. You know, dude, he, his, when we get him on this podcast, when he comes in and joins us, I mean, his passion, his passion is this, he's, he's meeting us, man. Like the energy that we have right <laughs> that now. That guy's a fireball, Joe. He's got that same energy. <laughs> it's one of the things, he's, he was such a perfect fit. His style, his belief system, his, the way he looks at, you know, his, his platforms, you know, what, the impact he wants to make in the world. Steve, so well put, so deeply grateful for him, for Daniel, the legislative aide we've been working with, for Roy, his legislative director. His whole staff. His top whole notch. staff. I mean, it, those guys are top notch. And honest to gosh, there isn't, I mean, the partnership there has been, it's like it's been an extension of us, right? The partners, the brotherhood that we have for, you know, ourselves, we talk about. Like he's, he's right there. Daniel, all of them. They like, it just, it's been an honor, honor to work with him and support his um, political direction. And, and the countless hours we've spent in his office in Sacramento, I, I got to be honest with you. I walk in the office, I feel like it's my office. They made <laughs> us feel that way. You don't always get that feeling when you're sitting down with legislators in that office from day one, Although I'm, I'm trying to get an office there myself, in all honesty, uh, they made us feel extremely welcome. They, I cannot stress the family connection that we had from day one. I'm sure you'll echo those sentiments as well, Joe. Yeah. That was kind of what I was going to go into earlier about the, the political process and, and the experience of that. But we can definitely talk about that down the road. There's so much behind the scenes on, on how this works and the political process. And I know a lot of times especially in today's political environment in our country, it's it's pretty heated, right? There's a lot of that going on. But I, I can tell you, thanks to Assemblyman Cooper, and you said his staff too, it, what an incredible experience to be involved with. Those, and I don't know if it works that way with all legislators, but let me tell you, and he's not in my district. Elk Grove, hey, you guys, um, look, I'm <laughs> You got a winner, Elk Grove. You got a real winner there, Dude. man. Holy uh, cow. Right? Uh, that's, I guess we can just leave it there. I mean, it's just, 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 th thank you, Simon Cooper. Uh, without you, this, this would not be happening. That's just plain and simple. I know the youth football community in California appreciates you. And, and hopefully down the road, you'll get to hear more from, you know, the local youth football organizations and, you know, hear their appreciation for helping get this bill through. And, and doing what you've done. 
That was a good little fiery show. <laughs> <laughs> it took a couple left-hand turns. Sure. <laughs> we went from sumo wrestling to be proud to be a youth football coach. Hey, you, right on, you're right not going to get yeah. that anywhere else but the Never. Chain Crew podcast for sure, right? Never. Right on. All right, guys. Steve Famiano along with Joe Rafter and Ron White. Another edition of the Chain Crew podcast wrapping up. Hope to see you again next time. See you guys. The Chain Crew Podcast, brought to you by the California Youth Football Alliance.